Hopefully you find it. You know? Keep looking, AJ. Just, just like morning. you found a shirt finally. AJ's only been through four shirts before we recorded this podcast because none of them were suitable. One was stained. One was not suitable Motorsports.com is not a secure website. Motorsport.com, according to Google. Oh, somebody uh, I think you're being their SSL certificate. I'm also sitting down. No one's commented on it, by the way. Yeah, you look really weird sitting down. Hold on. Hold on. The, you can't just... Hey, guys. <laughs> Hi. What was We've that? been here waiting for you for hours, Parker. Cool. Literal let's get started. Yeah. Hours. Yeah. Oh. Hello. Hello, and welcome to the Eraser Unnamed Podcast. Still looking for a name. I'm Parker Kligerman, NASCAR driver, and you know the rest. Joined by the only guy who's been to just about every race this season except for Las Vegas, Joshua Mendoza. Tried to become part of race control and failed, and maybe they needed him in the truck race. Also joining us is the controller king and Mr. I definitely have news, I swear, but never do, AJ Henderson. Let's get this thing started. That was an all right intro, Parker. I give it yeah, a top five. six out of ten. No. no. I give it a four out of ten. What are you drinking? What are you yeah, what's your, what's your, uh, a LaCroix? What's everybody's beverage LaCroix? of choice? You I don't got have a, a rowdy energy, dude. No, not today. I have a I have a Baja Blast. I forgot it in the refrigerator. How are we gonna get sponsored by Rowdy Energy if you don't have Rowdy Energy? Fine. We're never gonna get it. I have oh, a there it is. <laughs> totally I, full. And not empty. <laughs> you know what my problem with energy drinks is? There's probably no actual NASCAR drivers that drink more energy drinks than I've drank in my life, and yet I've been sponsored by how many energy drinks do you think I've been sponsored by? Zero. Zero. Yep. Can't get one. Didn't you right. get one if you, I tried? You, you owned an energy drink company I, at one point, and you weren't even I, sponsored I, by them. Yeah. Well, I had. Well, we were. It was not quite an energy drink. It was nootropics. But yeah, I get it, AJ. We get it. <laughs> yeah, AJ. I have a Diet Dr. Pepper. Shout he's out to putting a diet, He's putting a Diet Dr. Pepper into the camera. Literally, we can taste it. Uh, yeah, I had, I had to, I couldn't get sponsored, so I had to start my own, basically. That's what it was. And now they're everywhere. You can't escape them. Yeah, now you can't even, you can't get away. They're perpetual. A, Every a day. Sports athlete can... wins, a sports athlete wins one championship, and they're like, oh, I'm going to start an energy drink company. Yep. Well, here's the thing. It's kind of like, become you know, the super old successful. saying. Well, yeah, it's like death, taxes, new energy drinks being started each year. Like it just, it's perpetual. It's never getting rich and going sports car racing. Yep. Same thing. Yeah. Yep. Guys, before we get into everything else, just a little inside tip may have made some headway on that, but we'll tell you about it another time. Um, what What are you talking about? I have no idea what you're just referencing to. Sports car racing. Oh, Oh. sports car racing. Got it. Wow. I didn't, I did send him an email about, racing a car around Sonoma. It's just held together by duct tape and, and spot welds, and it races in a series called the Lemons. Yeah, get him in a Lemons car. <laughs> no, that's never going to happen. Nope. Uh, let's jump into it, guys. Lots of topics on hand. Um, we this have, might be a long episode. Well, let's try not to make it too long for It'll the be a people four-hour episode. actually listen to us. So we'll try to, we'll try to rip through all the biggest topics in the world that are out there 
starting with uh, Nikita Mazepin out at Haas. We knew that because of obviously the Russia invading Ukraine and all the sanctions against them and his sponsor being Russian and his dad's company he's a CEO of um, and connections to Putin, etc. So this leaves Haas in a tricky position of one trying to find another driver. So who do we think gets in there? It's been a lot of rumors. Fittipaldi, right? Pietro Fittipaldi. Parker Well, he's well, a, yeah, let's me. Well, the reason the Fittipaldi is an, a he's their backup driver, their signed backup driver. He replaced Grosjean. Reserve driver. Thank you. Reserve okay. driver. Wow, it's like you, that's like what you just said is like spelling tire with an I. Okay. It's yeah. How dare you? All right. It's like well, saying pace back cars to the safety car. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Josh, come on. Get your F1 pants on. Apparently, I need to get my F1 pants on. Um, but anyways, <laughs> so he's a reserve driver. So that's definitely a topic. I There was Gene Haas, who is the one of the owners of Haas F1. I've been really no, surprised. The owner. the owner. Is he the, the sole owner. owner? I thought he, he okay. actually he actually owns all of Haas Automation, too, believe it or not. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. I can't believe he changed his last name to match that. That's incredible. I can't believe, I can't believe he changed his first serious. name to Haas and his last name to Automation. It, That's yeah, it's, serious, it's serious dedication uh, to the brand. <laughs> Anyways, as I was going to say, I um, he was at the clash, the Daytona and really? the auto club race while wow. all of this was going down. So it's very interesting to see that he is uh, like a hundred percent committed to his NASCAR side of things while his formula one side seems to be going bottom up, well, just not, not going in the right I think direction. You would, you would, uh, you would find most of these guys, you know, having been in some of these large teams and seeing these, you know, uh, powerful gentlemen that own them, you know, how they run these multiple, you know, facets of the business and the team and all that stuff is that obviously they just put, they believe they've put the right people in place that obviously they're not in the day to day. So hence their, their purpose is to go there and be a face at the races where the sponsors are there, et cetera, et cetera. So and they enjoy it. You know, they're obviously Gene Haas, Roger Penske, Rick Hendrick, Joe Gibbs. They do this because they enjoy racing. Obviously if they didn't, why would they be there? So you got to go the race. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. So you've been contacted by Haas to potentially race in their F1 car, Parker? Wouldn't be the first time. So remember, back in 2014, I was the backup driver for Kurt Busch when he did the mm-hmm. Coca-Cola 600. Yeah, that oversized fire suit. Yep. Yep. So that. so there's, there's a precedent for this. Um, and I'm now thinking I need to take that photo and post it saying <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually amazing. But uh, yeah, precedent for this. So they they absolutely have definitely um, not reached out to me. But um, yeah, you never know. I think I, I saw the root. So let's go to the, the truth stuff. So there's rumors of Max or um, not Max, uh, Magnuson. Whoa, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a shit that be wild. Kevin, Kevin <laughs> Magnuson uh, has been rumored from some Dutch uh, media publication, but the or not Dutch um, Danish media publication, but the it seems suspect to me because one you know he had a contract Ganassi that he had to sort of get out of which was in the IMSA stuff to go and drive Peugeot and WEC and be a factory Peugeot driver to eventually lead to Le Mans, which I think Peugeot though has now pushed their car to after Le Mans they're not debuting for Le Mans this year the hypercar. 
So that could open that up potentially. Um, and then you have Antonio Giovinazzi, who's obviously the Ferrari reserve driver. So he could be a thought or a possibility. Is he a Ferrari reserve driver? Is that right? <clears throat> who's this? Am I right on that? Antonio Giovinazzi. Uh, I believe he's uh, the reserve driver. Let me um, let me do a quick Ferrari. Google search. When you say when thing. you say Peugeot, when you say Peugeot, you mean Pugat? No, that is uh, that is not how it's pronounced. Oh, okay. That might be how you say it in Ohio, but in the rest of the I'm world, not, I'm not even joking. That's how I've always pronounced it. And when you were saying that, I was like, "Oh, he's talking about Pugat, isn't he?" Oh, that's how you pronounce it, <laughs> AJ. Oh, my ears playing well, Grand Turismo. They do. don't say it. They don't that's say it in Grand Turismo. Okay, that's why they need to go racing because they need to teach people like you that it's not Pugat. <laughs> so, right. okay, uh, we got and, and go Antonio Giovinazzi is a reserve driver for Ferrari, and he shares Damn, this good. duty with Mick Schumacher. Um, yep. Interesting. Giovinazzi is also due to act as a reserve for Alfa Romeo and Haas, Ferrari's customer teams, as part of his contract with wow. Ferrari. So he well, probably so, yeah, makes so the most sense. sense. Yep. The last, but you never know because one of the things with that is that this is a full season ride. So if that's the case, they lose the reserve driver, right? Then you don't have a reserve driver. So remember, this is kind of a tricky game of chess and you have to have guys that have super licenses and it becomes interesting sort of figuring this out. So next would be someone like a Nico Hulkenberg, right? That could be an interesting Ooh. one. Um, if he's still ready and willing and, and able to do it. So I think that I would, would enjoy be that. one that... Yeah, that would be cool to see the Hulk back. So we'll see. I think Fittipaldi, and unfortunately, Pietro Fittipaldi probably, in my opinion, has the least chance um, without maybe some financial backing or something. And then if you're going to pay a guy, you're going to you're going to get a guy that's you know either Ferrari's paying for it or helping you out with it, or it's uh, you know someone like a Hulkenberg that is uh, you know similar to like a Grosjean or Magnussen in terms of skill level and is used to being paid. So. That's what I think. What about a uh, Pato Award? Um, I heard that that was a potential as well. Uh, maybe nah, not just for Andretti, but for uh, for the future Andretti entry that that happens, but also potentially Andretti might see value in putting Pato into the F1 car early and trying to get him some experience to help him develop a car for Andretti. Now, isn't he under contract with McLaren? I. I'm not 100% sure. I just this is one of those <laughs> this is one so. of those this is one of those ones that's he's like, like we're going to talk like, he's like we're going to talk McLaren at the moment. Yeah, yeah we're going to talk. I don't see rumor. that happening. Okay. I don't see that. I happening. mean, that's no. Nope. I think Zach Definitely. Brown made a comment the other day about him going to F1 though and said basically, you know, our IndyCar team is just as important to us as our F1 team and therefore Pato Ward is the best IndyCar driver we have. He stays there. So I don't see them doing that. I don't see why they give him up. Um, you know, I don't. I think he would take it, obviously, but I don't see why they would do that. So, you don't you don't put together an IndyCar program and then just be like, "Well, it's just a farm team for someone else." <laughs> no, <laughs> we're just we're that. just getting our F one drivers yeah. ready here. Yeah. So should we'll we, see if uh, that plays out. Be interesting. Should we talk about the NASCAR races? Yep, we should. Where do you want to start? So let's go in order. Let's go in order here. Okay. I feel like, I feel like that's more that makes more sense every week. Go ahead. Go in order. Okay. <clears throat> Trucks. Anything happened in practice or the qualifying? I don't think anything interesting ever happened in any of those this week. No. Kyle Bush cut a tire in practice. That's about it. 
Yeah. Uh, trucks. Anybody watch Truck Race? I did. I did. I did. Yeah, I mean, a is, little you know, bit. Classic Truck Race is pretty wild. Very climatic. Incredible restart wreck that took out several drivers, which was kind of cool early mm-hmm. on in the race. Ryan wow. Priest's cool. truck kept Beast. shutting off, and then he lost a very good spot uh, near the end of the race. So he might have mm-hmm. cost himself the win. Uh, who won? KBM was John Hunter is super damn. Uh, KBM is super damn fast. Uh, GMS looks a little bit like they're struggling. So it'll be interesting to see how the powerhouse teams and DGR looks to have taken GMS's spot. Uh, and Thor Sport is just, you know, is up there at KBM. So amongst those powerhouse teams, that's what stuck out to me. Um, it was fun to see the onion back. thought that was cool. So. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's yes. about it. Yeah. Odine was back. Yeah. There also was, was an incident. You know, well, there's Vegas. also an incident. Yeah, there was an incident at the end with uh, not throwing the caution for Spencer mm. Boyd, which Josh would be super yep. you know, onto. But they admitted that. I will, I will talk about that later. It. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. Well, never. I guess I think maybe there's not. A couple other things too. There are a couple other race control things people were upset about, other than just that. But well, there's a lot the to talk. It's there's a lot to talk about on that, and wondering is there something going on up there? What the deal might be? Um, but yeah, what about that Xfinity race? I mean, hey, real quick, just to loop back, just to answer your question. Chandler Smith in the 18 truck beat out his. I knew it was uh, one of the KBM trucks. Or it was either 18 or 4. So, yep. Uh, Won that race. And then Xfinity. What about it? Xfinity was very interesting. And moving on. Uh, Landon Landon was supposed to start the back. (laughs) He ended up starting like 20th because uh, I guess everybody decided to start the back. Yeah. So many cars at the start of the back that Landon really ended up just starting 20th, which is funny. You had the Ty Gibbs, Ryan Sieg incident. I made a tweet that popped off regarding really? the Ty Gibbs thing. I uh, I joked that uh, Ty Gibbs came over the radio and said, "Sorry, uh, that was netcode." Um, when he got into Ryan Sieg originally. <laughs> oh, I thought that was <laughs> and legit what he about... said. I thought that was real because <laughs> he plays <laughs> iRacing. Yeah, no, that would be hilarious. I don't know. I wasn't listening to his radio, but I I posted off a meme tweet, and then people um apparently took that for fact. So. I did. Uh, I did. I thought it was, always I thought it was real. <laughs> yeah, you might be getting a you might be getting a cease and desist from. There is a subtweet on it. Then. There is a subtweet on it that says, "Just so everybody knows, this was a joke." Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was hilarious, and it popped off pretty good. So, so that happened. <laughs> um, Ryan Sieg crashed, and then it snowed, which was you know pretty awesome. In Las Vegas. How many times mm-hmm. have we had a snow break? A snow red in, flag. It's at least the, the second one that I can remember. Yeah, it's the first it, one in the desert. Yeah, first one. It I think probably. it's happened in Bristol and Martinsville a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, we got it. So Sieg and Gibbs did have a conversation during the red flag. Usually once you have a conversation, I think most people consider it to be like probably no, settled. It's over. Yeah, yeah, you could have had it settled. Think. This did not follow that line. Yeah, Ryan Sieg um, was like, nah, we ain't done. Yeah, he needs to learn the effects of his actions. And basically, once they went back green flag racing, uh, C got black flagged and told he needed to come in because he was not meeting minimum speed. Um, and Ty Gibbs happened to be right around him when that happened. 
and Sieg attempted to wreck Gibbs and forgot rule number one of stock car auto racing. Um, learn how to wreck other people without wrecking yourself. Bam. Who, who, who was that? Who said that again? I feel like I, I know who it was. Some guy I've never met. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. It came from Landon it's Castle. It's a good quote, though. It is a good quote. A good quote. After Danica Patrick tried to wreck Landon way back when, when he was in the BK 83. So. At Kansas. 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 Um, 12, yes. Landon drove from the back to the front about 82 times in that race. It was a good race for him. He actually admitted yes. saying he uh, he made many mistakes, but was still able to finish he sixth, did. and so that car was super fast. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> made him very happy and encouraged for the obviously them going out and winning some races this year because that car was you know so fast, and they were able to finish sixth. Bad so, fast, as they call it yep. in the industry. It yeah. was, can't wait to see it. Was it. Interesting Maybe we'll that all be there. Ty Gibbs won. Which, he did. Kind of yep. adds to more of the memory with the 39 car. Memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes he you did. gotta you know, become a meme. It is what it is. He, Ty did get out of the car and immediately during his uh, front stretch interview apologized to the whole Sieg organization for that incident. So I would um, too. Yeah. He just <laughs> he needs he needs to learn, he needs to mature. So <laughs> thanks, AJ. All right, moving on. The cup race. You mentioned it. Kyle Bush wrecked in practice with the left rear going down, destroyed that car, had to go to a parts car for Joe Gibbs, which was pretty crazy. Um, start the back. They had a shifter issue, and that race was awesome. Once again, the second one in a row at a big track that historically was really boring in the whole car of the 550 package. No other way to put it other than restarts were awesome back then you know it could get spread out and be tough to pass this car is proving once again just to be awesome um there was more spin outs more issues more cars that are laying right on the ground and so when they bottom when they hit a bump with the right rear and they're bottoming out the shocks the car goes to infinity spins them out the tires are awesome it looks to be that it does get aero affected but in totally different ways this car so overall the racing was awesome looked like kyle bush and martin trex were gonna have this epic duel to the end and then eric jones did the uh self-correct into the wall caused the caution and the hendrick motorsports cars taking two tires were able to uh win the race in an awesome battle but guys i think this car is the, the tire is awesome the car is proving to be really unique <clears throat> in how it races compared to everything we see in stock cars. And there's a couple reasons. I've had a lot of discussions with people about, you know, what we're seeing arrow wise out of this car. And one of the biggest things is that it doesn't have side force. So, you know, when we saw that side by side finish between the five and the 48, we saw it earlier between the 18 and the one where they run side by side for two or three laps in any other stock car, especially trucks or Xfinity or the old stock cars. You had you relied so much on side force that that bottom car was so vulnerable to the outside car just sucking them around or taking away their grip that when the five does that to the 48 and three and four and doesn't just immediately drive around the 48 to win that race, my mind was blown. And then I realized uh, in talking to some people that they don't have side force, so you don't rely on it. So this is changing just everything we know about how these restarts work, how the arrow works. Um, one of the other... Other interesting things was if you looked at the onboard between uh, on Martin Truex's car when he was riding behind Kyle trying to run him, you know, run him down towards the end, he wasn't doing the deal where you would, like stick your left headlight out to the left or you would do these things, you know, just try to clean air. He'd actually follow in the wake. 
because the way they're discovering the way that the air comes off these cars maybe is so th- sort of like thin compared to the old car that you actually don't need to drive out of their wake so often. Now it, it hits you really hard and directly if you kind of cross over the wake, but if you just go a little bit to the left or a tiny bit to the right, you can actually get out of the wake of the car in front of you uh, compared to what we used to have where it kind of like if there was a car in front of you, it took over two or three lanes. You couldn't go around them. Um, so that's pretty interesting, but I just think this thing, God, what a success for NASCAR. So cool. That was my, that's my synopsis. Do you think, uh, do you think with that said, do you think it can already be said that the next gen is a success? 120%. From what I understand economically, yes. Uh, from what I understand, you know, obviously it was a success before the season ever started because all the new teams that came in, I'd say that's been the, uh, that was a home run right before. It has been a success in terms of obviously creating great racing. It will be seen, you know, remains to be seen how long this lasts, right? This parody that we're seeing where, RC, you know, you look at any time, there's RCR and there's JTG and there's, you know, RPM. And then there's, you know, uh, Penske in the back and they're driving through. And then RFK has a car up here. And it's just like this crazy parody that's occurring. I think there's a little bit of people learning the car. Um, but even like you look at the seven of Corey Joy, and he's running 18th legitimately on speed right now, like, you know, at times or, or even could be better than that in a position where he can't wreck. Like they can't, they don't, they can't wreck that car right now on the West coast. So I just think it's, uh, it can definitely be considered a success. I think the tire will become when people finally rise, it's the unsung hero of this whole thing, as I've been harping about, because it is, uh, when we finally get to realizing that that's been a huge home run. I think, you know, there is some oddities though, in the way that they're finding speed in this car. So if you look, the front of the the nose is popped up in the air, right? Mm-hmm. You want the rear end down because you want that diffuser to basically be perfectly set on the ground at the certain level to create the most downforce. And then what they find is that once you get to this optimal sort of pitch, you can create a little bit more turn or a little bit more understeer by basically just finding a little bit more pitch out of the front from there. So... Once you get to like the optimal ride height where the, the back is as low as it can go, then you your pitch sort of creates your, you know, more oversteer or more or more understeer by tilting the nose up or down. Um, but with that, they're bottoming out the shocks in these things. So the reason we're seeing so many spin out is that like when you hit a bump sometimes and you're bottoming out the the suspension, that rear end goes to like infinity. And, you know, you have, you just can't hold on to it. It starts bouncing. So there's some weird stuff, but then there's stuff that just, to me, has been so cool to watch. So I, when you say that it's like pitched up like that, I can't mm-hmm. help but think about on Formula One cars and Indy cars, how their front wing is not glued to the surface. It's actually a little bit up. Do you think they're trying to get more air underneath the the plane of the car because that creates more downforce as opposed to trying to keep the front end sealed with the old splitter because there was all that that downforce was coming just from the front splitter as opposed to the rear diffuser. So that yes, yes and no. So some of that is rules, you know, because obviously like the new F1 cars, the nose has to be far up because they've made it a ground effects car. And so they're doing that Mm -hmm. on purpose to, to sort of take away the effectiveness of that front wing. Um, very similar to what we've done here at the stock car, you know, the next gen car, excuse me, where it's, it is also, 
an underbody aero car, which the Indy car has always been an underbody aero car. So that has always had tunnels. Champ cars before that had tunnels. That was sort of the Indy car. Indy car and Champ car were always, uh, you know, supposed to be like underbody aero cars. So that has been uh, that's been a consistent theme. But I think the, um. Yes, I think I think that is a very similar concept. You're trying to get air to the underneath, and you you know there's that big deal in F1 right now with the porpoising where they're having issues of it's creating the downforce and it sucks it down, and then the second it gets down, it stalls the floor, and then the floor releases it up, and it continues that porpoising thing. We're not running to that because we're basically slamming it on the suspension, <laughs> and there's Got not it. enough. Yeah, that makes top. sense. There's not enough downforce on top to shove it back down, so. I don't know. It's it's uh it's gonna be a moving target, but it's I just think it's fascinating. It's so cool to see. You know, it was always a question: could a GT three car design, you know, V eight supercar design, be a great oval stock car? And I think the answer is yes. Yeah, AJ, what do yeah. you think? I agree. I I I like the uh, next gen so far. I was very uh, what's the word? Suspicious of it originally. You know, it's very different. Well, you know, it's all, it kind of looks a little, it looks, I still think it looks kind of silly, me personally, but it is growing on me. It is growing on me. Okay. Don't, don't get mad at me. Uh, Well, I'm just curious what makes it look silly to you because I I always felt like this was more of a, it kind of looks like, you know, like when you watch, you're watching iRacing and you're like, man, this looks just like real life. And then you go watch like a set of Corsa and you're like, this looks like a video game. It's mm-hmm. like that. It makes they look like video game cars <laughs> in like a set of Corsa. Got it. Set of Corsa is a sim. It doesn't look. The cars don't interact like actual cars do. Like the suspension doesn't travel at all. They kind of look like that to me. That just sounds crazy. I know. But other than that, I love. It. All right. Do you think? I think like the tire thing isn't a problem anymore. It wasn't a problem this week. It must be like setup dependent or. I think you know, they're learning how to spin it out. Well, I think it's a combination. So yes, I think there is an element of learning to spin it out, like learning not to try and lock it down or anything. But the teams have helped NASCAR a little bit. There was no rule change or anything, but I think some of them found actually that the car could be even a little better over the bumps there if you had it not sitting directly on the shocks, apparently. So it gave it a little bit more room and then also maybe a little bit of an idea of uh, the what allows the rear end the tire to drop out for pit stops, sort of lengthening that. Um, a tick helped, I think. So I think there's a couple things that you know have been able to help that out where it, it doesn't uh, get okay. stuck. But it's still not going to be perfect. Like we, well, that's going to be an issue. But we'll figure it out. For me personally, you're the wreck. I think it's a success for it to be a real like home run for me, I need to love it more than I love the Xfinity car. And the Xfinity car is possibly my favorite race car of all time. Okay. Mm. So I, you once, know, once I think it's better than the Xfinity car, which the it's, it's heading that way. Cause the racing's really good. You know, it's going to get there if it keeps going the way it is, but it needs, it needs, I need some more time with it. You know, it's like, a new, you, it's like when you get a new call of duty and you're like, I need to play this some more before I can really mm-hmm. give a full review it. on it. You know, it's like that. Could you imagine if this That's thing true. had 200 more horsepower? <laughs> I, you incredible. know, I, <laughs> it should have I, a almost, I almost want to say like, 
don't touch it, even if it meant putting more horsepower in there. Put more I think in it. put another two hundred in the Xfinity cars too. I think the problem with more <laughs> horsepower is there's not nearly enough downforce in the car or side force to keep it together. So oh, I think it's fine. No, already you drive it. I don't you know if the so? racing would be better. Yeah, you could drive it. I just don't know if the racing would be better. The crazy part is they're already what are they doing down the straight lane there? Like 193 into turn one. Oh, they are pretty fast. So that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have a lot of drag. Hey, so they're obviously yeah. they're they're fast in a straight line. Um so to me, like that's super interesting because like if you added 200 horsepower, they'd be doing two hundred and some odd miles an hour, we'd be back to the cup car of twenty eleven. Like no side force. Yeah, with no side yeah. force. So I'm I'm pretty very wild. curious what what that's going to be uh, now i remember um they're going to be bringing a new engine next year and that original engine spec was supposed to be a 550 right uh are no. they is not? the new engine no i don't, I don't know that yet. yet i don't think I thought so it was no is it okay i thought it's they like were 2024 i thought they were developing a new engine for next year or the year after um no yeah maybe... it's aiming for 2024 and most likely it have some electrification to it but they're trying to figure it out with manufacturers so there, so that isn't like there's no spec for that yet. I thought, I thought they were had built a spec for it being 550, and that not was to, to try knowledge. and attract an, yeah. another manufacturer. So. No, they settled on okay. what we have now, which is like 650 or 680, something like that, right now. 675, I think. Yeah, it's basically and the, the motor, something like that. The Xfinity is what 620. No, it's the same. I think it's the same mode. Is it basically. the same? Okay. All right. Well, then yeah. I'm just batting a million fuel. wrong answers over here. So. Yeah, but fuel injected, obviously. Um, so, guys. What's next? Are we done um, with the main topics, boys? Well, I no, don't think that... No. But, but I just no? want to say one last thing on that whole deal. I cannot remember a time since I... So I got to drive in NASCAR for the first time in 2009. I drove. I tested Kurt Busch's Daytona 500 car for 2009 at the end of 2008. So every year since I've been in NASCAR, that was the height, you know, right as the global recession hit, right? NASCAR has had times where there's exciting things happening, but then, you know, the trend continues and it's more of a decline, that sort of thing, sponsorship-wise or people watching or people in the stands. Yeah. I cannot remember a time where I've seen like a very obvious, palpable enthusiasm, a uptick. Yep. As much as like last year there was a bit, and this year has just been wild to see. You know, the crowds have been great. The chatter on social media has been awesome. The everyone I talk to is at the races is enthusiastic about it. I just think there is yeah, uh, there's cool time. things happening. Yeah. We just need yeah, to have less I damn agree. races. Bam. Okay. Moving on. Whoa. Okay. I was thinking maybe we could have like a Wednesday what? race. And... No, 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 no. Let, no, let, no, no let's no. wind that wind that back. Nope. You uh, pl- no? I want to. Is that a topic for another no. day? Well, no. I'll go to real quick. Real quick. We cannot do forty weeks straight like we're basically doing this year. It is not fair to anyone in the sport. I think you're gonna have a continued issue of talent. There's a lot of teams struggling to get people that want to come work on these teams yep. because they can't pay them yeah, enough. Why would you work for? Compared- yeah, why would you work for a race team when you could go work for Ford, make just as much if not more, and you don't have to travel? More, you know. Or yeah, if you're an engineer, go work at a tech company, make eighty bajillion times more, and be able to work from anywhere in the world and sit in an island beach. Like it's just it's untenable. So we've got to 
we got to find a happy medium. I think there's, you know, last year, one of the most exciting things that I've ever experienced, and I think the whole sport did, was the two weeks off in the summer. We got to find a way to mimic Formula One and having a summer break of some type like that and make it work with the TV networks. And yeah, such. think about all the content um, we got last year. It's just, it's just, you can't bludge into people. You, the enthusiasm will be sapped out quick if we continue to just have too many damn races. So, yeah, keep it grind. My thought here to reduce the amount of personnel that need to be out there, we have one pit crew for every two cars. <laughs> it's a Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we only, and we we get rid of sixteen charters, so there's only twenty. That's of them. not. So that's not that's not exactly the issue. There's, it's hard getting people even to work in the shops. I, I know of one team that's running quite well right now that um, has basically told me they are basically at the breaking point of understaffed, and they would be a pretty yeah, I've heard that pretty well fund. They're pretty well funded, and I just was yeah, like, I've been hearing that for years. Yeah, and they're all in a bidding war against each other, and it's it's going to be it will be a trend. This if things don't change, it will be a trend this summer that. You know, certain teams are super struggling. Yeah, mm-hmm. people. Parker, mm-hmm. you um, you tweeted out towards the end of the race about something that I found quite hilarious in regards to people spinning out randomly, um, oh. about fantasy. And you, you were like, 2022 NASCAR fantasy is going to be quite hard. Even when you get the fastest cars picked right, they just go spin out. Um, yep. first of all, thank you for uh, being <laughs> excited about fantasy. <laughs> I'm so happy about this. I, I, I was like, when I saw that, I'm like, yes, he's into fantasy. I've got him hooked. Uh, I'm quite in. the turnaround. Um, has been, it's been exciting. Well, I'm in yeah. two leagues now. It, Plus we got our F1 fantasy coming up. Everyone's got to join that. Mm-hmm. So that's me. Exciting. Yeah, Testing I've, starts this weekend. So. Yeah, yep. if you uh, if you search, uh, so if you go to formula1.com, go to games, I think uh, is just the go ta- actually. Just go to our Discord. Yeah. Just go to our Discord. Yeah, join yeah, our Discord and we'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll yeah, find you'll it find on the loudspeaker channel there. Um, but you can join us on there. Make sure to set your lineup before you join the, the league because for whatever reason they do it backwards there. But once you do that, <laughs> you can join um, the three of us and plenty of other people. Uh, for the Formula One fantasy, and, and we may NASCAR have, fantasy. and we may have a little inc- uh, cool things regarding F one here soon. So stay tuned. Yes, stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. Um, stay tuned. All right, I think it's it for the big topics. Unless Josh, I think you have one more thing you wanted to get into. Uh, yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, AJ for his news topic brought up that the um, Daytona Museum, right near Turn Four at Daytona USA um has announced that they were not going to be receiving this year's 2022 Daytona 500 winning vehicle which as tradition they uh basically leased the vehicle out for one year from a team to put it into their uh museum so that everyone could come by see the winning car the Daytona 500 on their museum tour um this year they had announced that they were not going to be doing that they were just going to be taking a high fidelity scan and wrapping a prototype na- prototype car from NASCAR so the team could continue to use that car for the rest of the season as needed. That has changed. The Austin Cindric's 2022 winning car is now in the museum 
And according to them, it seems like it's going to be stained. So no scan model. You can actually go and w- and see the next gen car um, in the museum. Uh, Penske had originally said that they were going to not be returning it to service. And I guess they were going to put it in their Phoenix museum. Now that's changed. They're going to put it into Daytona, USA, it looks like. So cool stuff. Bam. Go check it out. Go Ooh. check it out. This yeah, when we're back Daytona there when we, right now. When we when are we back in Daytona? August now? Yep. August is yep. the next time we'll be in Daytona. Yep. I checked out the museum the Monday after the race. They already had the RBJ, the big RBJ trophy back into there with Austin Sindrick's time um, and when win and plaque on there. Uh, back wow. in the museum already on that Monday. Um, so that was really cool. And apparently they got the car now, too. It's a really cool museum. Go check it out. Yep, definitely will. I don't know if I've ever walked in it. You should. It's They've got really cool stuff in there. Like, legitimately there. really cool stuff. The first time I went to Daytona was 2008. So I've been going there more than a decade. And I've never been. I just realized. <laughs> you should wow. go. They th- here's one yeah. thing that I found really cool. They have a mu- they have a a trophy in there from when Tony Stewart won the Xfinity race there, mm-hmm. and I specifically Who remember Who pushed him to the win. Landon Castle yeah. pushed him to the win, and I showed my parents the video while we were while we were looking at the trophy. I'm like, Tony should be thanking Landon for that trophy. So, do you know where I was sitting for that race at the end of it? Where off of turn four in the stands, chilling by myself, and I watched the tandem happening and t- and Landon pushing Tony like hell in those last couple laps. And I was thinking, man, I hope Landon wins this. Even though we weren't that, I don't know if we were, we had met before. I don't know if we were like fr- that friendly back then, but I, uh, I just thought like, Oh cool. Like, you know, there's a young guy. See if he can beat Tony Stewart to win. That was when Tony Stewart like won the Daytona Xfinity race every year, basically like on lock with the Oreo mm-hmm. car. And I'm watching them push though. And I'm like, huh, I don't want to stand. I don't want to sit here anymore. Like this is terrifying. <laughs> so I, I left. I was like, this is too close for comfort for me. Cause I was like, I know what they're going through in those cars. They're not in control. So I'm stepping away from this spot. <laughs> yeah. They're just pushing and hoping so, nobody spins out. Yeah. I was like, yeah, wait a second. I'm, years- do, I'm doing that. I, I don't want to be here anymore. So <laughs> that was interesting. Um, well, that was a good inkling. A couple of, two years later, Kyle Larson did go through the fence. So I was right yeah. underneath him. Yeah, I looked up to the right of me, and he was doing it. I was Wait, you race. were in that race? Yeah, I'm in. No I finished kidding. Fourth, fourth or fifth? Yeah. Wow, I was right that's beside a, him oh, as he man. went up on the wall. <laughs> yeah, there's a photo. <laughs> I, it was a photo in ESPN magazine that the famous photo. And I'm the '77 Bandit Chippers car, right below him. I looked up now. I, to my, I remember vividly looking to my right, up through the windshield, and seeing like reading the 32. You know, I think it was Clorox car, like, like seeing it being like, huh, that shouldn't be there. And then it like at that point, there was so much um, fluid that went everywhere that I just like held the wheel straight as best I could. And like you just slid through the line. And I thought I'd won because it was so hard to see on the other side. My windshield was covered in so much fluid. I'm guessing from like the radiator and oil and everything coming out of Larson's car that I I thought I'd won. And then I realized that. Uh, Regan Smith, and maybe it was Tony Stewart again, or something was up front of us. And then Tony win again, <laughs> or Regan Smith. It was Tony uh, or Regan? It, let's see. There's the Who twelve car, the night oh, twenty thirteen Daytona. To... Let's see. I'm pulling it up. Let's see. Yeah, nationwide race. 
2013 Drive for COPD is the name of the race. Yeah, I found it. Uh, Tony Stewart won it. I knew it. He always wins. (laughs) I finished fifth. Oh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. beat me by one spot. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, and that's right. They gave Alex Bowman third while he was sliding through the grass. (laughs) I was looking at that photo, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Wild. And the worst part about it was Bowman and I had that race won on the last restart, but he disconnected from me and didn't get back on the brake. So we disconnected and he kept, he freaked out and kept trying to drive and did, you know, like should have just stayed on the brake. And if he stayed on the brake, we win that race. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I remember going up and dude, you just had to hold the brake. What What you're saying, what you're saying is, so what you're saying is he should have, he should have backed into you. Mm -hmm. Back then with the tandem, the person who should have backed into you, which would have, would have backed well, him into a win. Yeah, there well, you go. Yeah, there you go. That's what there I'm you go. Back then, joke. in okay. tandem racing, <laughs> the person in front is more important than the than the pusher. They they have a, they actually have a harder job of using the brake and keeping the bumper pressure correct and doing all those things right. So, it's uh, if if you have a good a, a knowledgeable pusher, but um, yeah, he uh, he messed it up and we didn't get to win Daytona. And you know what? Now he's got you know. Now the second winningest, yeah, second winningest guy in Cup, and I'm right here. So guess what? Should have second winningest forty-eight driver. I don't know if that's true. No, second winningest driver in Cup in the last twelve months or something, sixteen months behind Kyle Larson, I guess. Wow, that's a yeah. stat I did <laughs> very, not know. A very distant second. Said it on the, they said it on the yeah. broadcast. <laughs> He's like five wins in the last twelve months. Yeah, that's an, that's an, an yeah. impressive amount of wins for somebody who has seven wins. So. A lot yeah, of those in the doing last it now. months. Yeah, he did four last year. Oh, there you go. That's incredible. <laughs> All right. And he's done one. He's done one this year. Yeah. Wow. For those thanks. Keeping okay. At home. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I literally just. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> okay. To the news, guys. To the news. Josh, take it away. All right. So starting off with the news, F1 has partnered to bring another Formula One game to the public for 2022 outside of the standard F1 2022 game. This one, they are partnering with Frontier, which is a game studio that is famous for uh, video games like Rollercoaster Tycoon 3, Planet Coaster, Jurassic World Evolution. Um, Elite Dangerous. Elite Dangerous. Don't you leave that out. They are very well known for creating pretty darn good games. In fact, a couple of years ago, I actually interviewed to work there. Um, but obviously, I'm here instead. So, regardless, <laughs> I love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently, said, I wasn't good enough for them. Disdain. <laughs> now I'm at Eraser, uh, not developing a video game. Uh. <laughs> no, but regardless, they. Uh, they they do some awesome stuff over there, and so they are coming out with the F1 Manager 2022, where you take on the role of being team principal and managing your own F1 team throughout the 2022 season. So, yeah, uh, it's a great management simulation game. I'm a big fan of those type of simulators, whether it be like SimCity, park management like Roller Coaster Tycoon or Planet Coaster, um, just stuff in general. That's an awesome um, demographic. And it's really cool because it gives you a the the ability to feel like you're 
you're part of the team, but maybe not necessarily the most sexy part of the team. You're the team principal instead, um, managing the team. Which, which some people well, enjoy that. Yeah, the motorsport exactly. manager games, which is mm-hmm. uh, not licensed by F1, but you know, in the same vein, it's open wheel. It's supposed to be F1. There's mods yeah. that are that copy off the F1 season that people make. Yeah. Um, and those games are super popular. So, yeah, I know that I see a lot of uh, football manager games, uh, like soccer football manager games. Those are very popular in Steam. So, regardless, it is a booming category, and I think with an officially licensed F1 version of the game. Um, there's going to be some awesome new additions, and hopefully, we see a really cool, um, a really cool iteration of an F1 game that we may not necessarily have seen before. So, cool, Parker. I definitely won't you play. Like, it. You won't play it? No, well, because remember, I told you why. my story. I told you my story yeah, tell, of manager games. Tell, so when tell I was it again, when tell I was, it again. Parker's the driver what? part. Yeah. When I was a kid, I got so tricked by the advertisements of these manager games including the one that just came out for f1 manager where they they make it seem like you're about to enter into being like watching you know i i love the game jeff Kramen's gp3 grand prix 3 was one of the most incredible simulation for one games or like f1 2001 or f1 challenge 99 through 02 all those amazing games it felt like you were going to be able to just you know do a managing thing and then watch a race that was like those quality games that you usually play but watch it as a manager what turns out is that every manager game when i was about you know 10 to 12 years old 13 years old was actually just a bunch of buttons on a screen on a web app and then eventually they just ran some dots around in a circle and said all right that's a simulated race here's what happened and i was like wait a second that's the most <laughs> disappointing like thing that. you some didn't even see a like race that. and so i was like this is the most yeah. disappointing playing experience i've ever had mm-hmm. a been a part of i didn't care and so i i I haven't played any since. We'll see. I don't think this one's going to be full on like racing cars. I think it could probably be similar to like motorsport manager where like there's cars on track and they're 3d models of cars, but it's like, they're not moving. You know, it doesn't look realistic. You're not, at all. I'm assuming yeah. it's going to be really, I'd be pleasantly surprised if it's not like that. If it is, just, if they take like the code masters physics and they're like, here it is, but your manager is well, insane. Zed, which is the crypto NFT based, you know, horse racing game is that mm. way. Like you watch the horses race. <clears throat> now it's not as intricate. No. You know, it's not near. They're just running a straight line on some, you know, track, which NASCAR yeah, did. It's not like with I racing with horses. Exactly. But that's what I want. Like if I'm going to play a manager game, I want to watch I racing AI fight it out. You know, like that's my thing. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if it does that someday. We'll yeah. see. All right. Let let's me, move uh, on. Next I, topic. I see. Um, so the next topic that I had, I have two news topics. Sorry. Um, jeez. The NASCAR has admit admitted fault in the late race. No caution call that involves Spencer Boyd in the NASCAR truck series race at Las Vegas last Friday. Um, I really don't, I don't know much more beyond that other than the Uh, fault. And that you can find my resume NASCAR at joshuamendoza.net. That'll take you to my you LinkedIn go. page <laughs> if you're looking to hire some. If you want a little bit of a rundown, uh, I think he got in a little kerfuffle. You know, they didn't, I don't think they caught it on a replay or at least they didn't show it from what I saw. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. And I saw he was re- backed against it. the inside wall. Oh, okay. So yep. he's backed against the inside wall going into turn three. Yep. Uh, and I think he but, actually like dislocated his. Shoulder, shoulder or something yeah 
and it was yeah. a very dark area where his truck landed. Because when you watch the onboards, very dark, some, yeah. uh, helmet cams, it's very dark. Hard to see him yeah, down you really there. See now, they should have spotters all the way around the tracks. I'm not quite sure what they missed, and I'm sure you know if they choose to release a full report, they'll they you know we'll see if they do. They did admit fault and say they're going to fix it. it. Won't happen again. They had multiple you know they. Uh, Monday morning meetings, and then they had meetings again to to talk about how they were going to fix it. Um, yeah, I mean it's unfortunate; it shouldn't happen in this day and age without many cameras around the tracks and all the technology we have. So somehow there was a miscue or a miscommunication, and and uh, you know, thankfully no one got in you know any more injured or no one incident happened that hit him again. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's What's just one the, of those things uh... where they have to fix it. What's the software that they use? And I know they have it in the Cup Series, where it's a 3D rendering of the entire track with all the cars on track. Oh, SMT. Um, yeah. SMT data. Do they not have SMT for Truck Series? Uh, you know, there's a GPS thing that's put in every car, so I believe they still have the GPS thing in trucks. But I don't quote me on that. I know it's an Xfinity and Cup, which is, I believe, the SMT I, thing. I don't know if we have. We don't have. We don't get SMT data, so no. I'm going to say we don't have the SMT thing, but they might have a GPS on the car i you know it might be a reason to put smt into every vehicle just so that they can know where all vehicles are at on track at all times um well, I because think they do. I think you they could do. well they do they have people stand all over the track and i'm sure well, they have some sort of i mean yeah, you, you, you can even see like, around, watching so. the nbc or fox broadcast they'll have little mini maps of the cars going around the track yeah. and that's all that like, gps I'm sure they have data something so. like that. I'm actually I'm not sure if they have it in trucks to be honest. I might not. I'm, but I think they do. I if I it would be a better it'd be better for them if they don't in this instance because then they definitely have like an excuse that they didn't see it. But if they have GPS data, that truck should be reporting where it's at on track and yeah. At that yeah. point, you got to ask yourself well, what that We're just speculating. We don't know. So, none of us stay stand well, up. There was there. also a couple other things that people brought up which I don't know if NASCAR addressed it in their thing. Uh, did they address the Eric Jones thing at all? No, I don't think no. they did. Yeah, no. That was a very late caution. Yeah, that oh, was Somebody brought up a pretty good point where, like, in the Xfinity race, the 34 car, Jesse Wuji, was completely by himself. Nobody even near him. Did, like, a half spin, saved the car. That was a caution. With an Eric Jones knocking the wall down and then driving down through the grass, it took a very long time for a caution to come out. No, and I'm so. going to go back to Daytona and the truck race where we had a caution come out in the last lap for two trucks that passed the start-finish line towards turn one, got sideways, but then gathered it back up. Mm. And we threw a caution and gave the win to Zane Smith, and we were I was coming with a head of steam when I was probably going to win that damn race. So oh, I okay, actually yeah. did not. I thought that was an odd call. I had not seen that before because normally they air, especially, you know, I think it's, you know, just natural, especially if something's past the start-finish line further enough towards turn one on the last lap. You sort of see that, let that play out for a bit because we're going, you know, we're all heading around the lap. So, like, that can clean itself up if they don't hit it. You know, if they don't hit very hard, they don't have to send a safety truck to them or, you know, it's not a, it doesn't look like a very threatening wreck. Like that is one of those instances where you let it play out. And in that Daytona truck race, they yeah, threw if it's very, out. if it's very visible and clear that the, at once they finish crashing or spinning, that they're going to keep driving and finish yeah. that lap. Like there's no reason then they get out of the way. Cause yeah, they're not going to the, be the, there. The pack, they're not going to be the there. 
And by the time we come back, we're going to be past them, and we're going to be finish, you know, lifting off to the start finish line because it's a checkered flag. So that was an odd call to me. Whoa. There's been a couple, and I think you, you know, this is one of those things where, just like any organization, there's probably you know new people turn over. There's there's uh, you know lessons and systems and yeah. that sort of thing that well, have to be know, put in place. They're, they're not all. It, yeah. It's not easy to be perfect. I, there's just. There's a lot of inconsistency from this last week, and there's also the Denny Hamlin incident where he was sitting on the inside of turn two and right in the middle of pit cycles, and they didn't throw a caution then. And I'm just like, well, mm-hmm. middle of pit cycles, they're trying, they're, they're trying to help the teams out. You know, they don't like throwing up in the Yeah, they're probably cycles. waiting to see if Denny started Because he wasn't not. spun out or anything. He was just coasting, so they're trying to see if he can get it going, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt. I get that one. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I... Regardless, I I find it very interesting how inconsistent things were. I do know that being a race controller is an incredibly difficult job to do because you need to be consistent when your brain is about as inconsistent as it can get because every instance looks different. You forget about previous things where you made rulings that in one way that, of course, race car drivers never forget when they get ruled (laughs) against. So when it comes back around and you do a different ruling than that time, you got to explain yourself this and that. It's a very difficult job to be in. I don't envy them. Hopefully they get it sorted out. All right, moving on. I believe in them. Let's AJ, do this. What's next? The news. My news. Okay, so uh, Kyle Busch is about to win the, the cup race on Sunday, right? Caution comes out. Uh, his team takes four tires. Uh I think the five and the 48 took two, you know, classic, you know, chess match under pit strategy. 48 wins the race. Kyle Busch comes on the radio and is like, ah, 48 backed into another win because that's what he does, Uh, which has been a common way. Well, you know, he he, we're not allowed to say the F word on this podcast. (laughs) okay? because I get yelled at when I try it. Okay, and. uh. So that happened, and then Kyle Busch talked about how the next-gen car, uh, you can buy them at Walmart, so go to Walmart, get yourself a next-gen car. I just wanted to add that in because it was pretty funny. Uh, (laughs) And then Alex Bowman, just like he did last year at Martinsville when he was called a hack by Denny Hamlin, made T-shirts, percentage of profits go to a charity, I think, again. uh, 18%. It's like Las Vegas. Yeah, 18% because it's Kyle's car, car number. And Kyle Busch... Today, I think, was like, everything on my whole site is 48% off. All of my t-shirts, <laughs> yep. 48% off to counteract <laughs> the Alex Bowman t-shirt, <laughs> which is good the funniest stuff. thing ever. It's good stuff. 48% off on yep. his own merch. It's pretty funny. Wow. That is pretty uh, awesome. And uh, kudos to both of them for being good sports about it. So No, that's this, great. Yeah, we need more stuff is, like that. The shirt I have on is still my favorite piece of merchandise, driver merchandise I've ever purchased. The Brett Moffitt designed by Ryan Truex on an iPad t-shirt. Do you guys um, know? I That's very funny, Josh. I love that shirt. But do you guys know back in the day in the 90s when all the drivers came together, and I'm not going to name names, but a certain very influential one made them all come together to own their t-shirts and their merchandise sales? This is the 90s. They'll, they they'll also, I'm not they also uh, <laughs> Thank you, made AJ. it very clear with each other that, hey, publicly, we're going to have rivalries, guys, because it sells a lot of T-shirts. And that then we're going to go fishing on, you know, on Mondays and Tuesdays. So really, um, 
just know that this is uh, I love point. seeing this. This is actually natural, but even if it was not natural, I like seeing it. So bring it on. Who cares? It's fun. It's funny. I'm cool with it. You know, I yeah. I love fake rivalries. Um, I think I'm that's not saying my favorite. I don't think Mark we is saying that's get, fake. We w- no. What we should do is we should totally get a section of the podcast called the Octagon, and where we get two goat or two guests that don't like each other and pin them <laughs> against each other in one podcast. Okay, first episode: <laughs> Ty Gibbs, Ryan Sieg. <laughs> hey, yeah, let's do it. No, just put them in an AI race on uh, iRacing and see which one comes out on top. And that would decide. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I, I really still think that tiebreakers in eraser events should be settled on Wii Boxing. I think that would <laughs> be box. the best way. <laughs> no, not Wii Boxing anymore. I don't disagree. Get the, I have the Oculus Boxing, and I will dominate anyone who wants to get in that. Yeah, or, Nint- or Nintendo Switch Boxing. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm doing it all the time. Oculus Boxing is. I think I'm gonna buy an Oculus. I think I'm sold. It's now. amazing, but get the new ones coming out. I think any minute. So wait. Everybody I know is buying. VR headsets, like everybody. it's crazy. Everyone I know has one too now. Because it's just blowing awesome. up all of a sudden. It's something yeah, just they just blew are, up. They are awesome. It's it's awesome. But the, the I use it purely for working out. That's it. And because it's so fun, there's this like you do boxing workouts and all these different workouts, and you get destroyed <laughs> in these things. What's so funny what? about that? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just imagining you... Parker sitting there with his car outside the swing. It's standing. It's standing. That's pretty that's funny. Just, you got your face. I bet I look absolutely an empty room at some time. I probably look absolutely ridiculous, but it's what it is. Just think, just think. In 15 years of the metaverse, you're going to go out to the park and there's just going to be people boxing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'll be, I'm going to go for my next career as a VR metaverse boxing world champion. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the guy? The Irish guy. What's his name? Conor McGregor. Who the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> Conor yeah. McGregor. Oh, you got to bleep that. He's got, he doesn't know what's coming. You can say fook. <laughs> is that not the same? I don't think so. No, it's not explicit. Oh, okay. And he also. It's oh, I'm just going to say that then. I'm just going to say that when I want to say <laughs> the F word. That? <laughs> that is one of the most legendary memes of all time. One of the most um, legendary memes, Flash. That video makes me laugh so hard every time I watch it. <laughs> Who the <laughs> it's the greatest it's the greatest like what a legend anyway i want to go to my stuff because this is running far too long so we need to jump through less of these topics quickly. it's a bit an hour yeah hey, we, we, that's a we long spent the podcast first five minutes trying to find aj's news article so that's all gonna get cut out <laughs> that's, that's a long point. podcast i like to keep i like to give our listeners Dude, i listen to a pod i listen expected an expected time of of their day that they're going to get no. of our voices. You're wrong. You're I like wrong. that. I like that. The biggest podcast in the world is like four hours long. Oh my gosh. You know, I'm sitting here and we're talking about the length of our podcast, which is just adding time <laughs> to the length of our podcast. Okay, I'm, I'm cool with it. No, it, it, is, it is a good, it's good. For well, it is a good discussion. It is actually a good discussion. I actually, I want to know from our listeners. So all one quadrillion out there, let us know in our discord in our comments on YouTube or definitely subscribe and like voice memo, and, uh, Twitter, voice anywhere. memo, Twitter. Let us know. Do you like a set time that we try to aim for? Or do you want like AJ where it's just this free form could be you as just long as, long as, as you go. For. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you can also notify me just by talking to me to those listeners that seem to be the ones that give us the most of the feedback or the ones that talk to me in person. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. No we proof. never see any of it. We think he's fabricating the whole thing. <laughs> right, I want to get I my am, news. My, hey, what do you I want have, to talk about? All of our feedback on strings. It better be something good. Puppet I have master. so much interesting stuff. Okay. So, it better be something good. Go ahead. Well, of course, it's Formula One related. Formula One, by the way. Uh, hold on. Let me go grab a pillow because I'm going to get sleepy while you talk about technical oh, stuff. Oh, man. All right. So they got testing wow. coming up, uh, but we just had the first, what, testing two or three weeks ago. And one of the most interesting things that come from that is that we, even the new regulations that make the car far more spec, the new budget caps, the cars are basically 2.3 or Lewis Hamilton's time was like 2.3 seconds off of last year's pull time, which actually, when you look at the de- rate of development, means they're like right on pace, if not faster than the 2021 cars. But the reason they're faster is what's so damn cool. They are making, obviously, a lot more of their downforce underneath. And just like the next-gen car, which we talked about earlier, having crazy straight-line speed, these cars are really fast in a straight line. So these could be some of the fast... Like when we go to Baku... Think about that in Azerbaijan, where they yep. were already going insanely fast last year. I think it could be wildly fast in these cars. Um, they also, just like the, the cup car, are you know get, using some pretty wacky suspension settings to try and control the under air, you know, the, the pitch and the angle and how much the car moves because of all the downforce that's made underneath. So they're struggling mightily with the also they went to a larger wheel and tire and low profile tire, right? They're struggling mightily in the low speed corners as well, which is pretty interesting. So uh, it's going to be wild to watch these cars, you know, where they make speed compared to what we've seen in the past. Lastly, there was a couple drivers quoted saying that they felt like they could follow other cars more closely so that it, it, it's working, just like we're seeing out of the next gen car um, in NASCAR. So funny how all motorsports move in tandem together, right? Where we all mm-hmm. sort of, which always lends me to, to my whole thing about how, you know, the fans who are like, I'm an F1 fan. I'll never watch NASCAR. I'm a NASCAR fan. I'll never watch F1. I'm like, that's the stupidest thing because it's basically all the same. So um, racing is racing. Racers are racers. Uh, I thought that was super cool. Last second part of this is that we're about to see the F1 teams unveil their cars at the Bahrain test coming up this weekend. And there are some rumors. Now we saw those side pods that were on the Red Bull car being like super slim and sucked underneath almost. And like, there's basically just a hole on top and then there's nothing underneath it. Well, some are, there's rumors going through all the F1 media that possibly Mercedes could be showing up with almost like a side podless car. So wow. it could look like, like straight, but now there is some, things safety wise you have to have there that sort of like bolster the side but it could almost look like it doesn't have side pods essentially from certain angles so uh and there's also another team that might be unveiling something similar so this could be really interesting some of the weirdest looking sort of full one cars we've seen in a long time even with this whole you know far more spec designs they still find crazy stuff so that could be we'll see if that happens in a lot of ways they look more different than they ever have you yeah, know? yeah, they do the high nose. The well, well, the wheels for sure. But then, funny enough, I was looking at the Ferrari. Well, so I mean, like, a... like, like between like a Ferrari and Mercedes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. between each other, they're more different than ever. It seems like, even yeah. though they weren't supposed I, to be. 
I found my new favorite spot on the internet, which is the F1 Reddit. And someone did a uh, oh, delete, yeah. did a delete of the um, halo on the Ferrari in a side profile, and it looks like a 1990s Ferrari. If you like, if it was smaller, you wow. can, once you when you know it's big, though, is the problem. Like, it doesn't look big on a just shot by itself, but then when you know how big they are now compared to what they were in the 90s and the early 2000s, it's a little bit like, damn. I wish they would just make them a little smaller again, but the um, yeah, I thought that was. I thought that was super cool that they, they can I make a suggestion? Mm-hmm. You should check out the formula dank. Some Reddit. Yes. This shirt is basically the NASCAR equivalent of formula dank. So, okay. I'll we'll check, check it out. The superior yeah, yeah. F1 subreddit. If you ask it me. is much, they superior. should, they should come and hang out in eraser too. Yeah. It's, I have well, a, it's, it's a lot of people. I, so well, we can take it. I get a hundred people thing. per voice chat. Okay. All right. There mean? you go. <laughs> I I was gonna say, um, George Russell actually came out over uh the last week and suggested unbanning active suspension to try and take care of or try and improve the suspension characteristics of the Formula One cars and help solve that porpoising issue. Just point just throwing that out there. So, so that is something that has not that is not the first time that has come up, by the way. He is not new in this. If you look back, I can't remember when, but in the last two, by decade, this has been brought up a couple times by teams and drivers saying like, this is how we solve the, you know, I don't know, the big teams versus small teams sort of thing. And like, it has been brought up before. I don't think it's the fix because I just think that gives the big teams more tools to work with than the small teams. So I don't think that's the fix. Now, I did see Carlos Sainz was like, I hope we don't have this porpoising thing all the time because it's going to be really unfun to drive. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure they'll, they'll solve somehow, but I, I mm-hmm. don't think, I don't think active suspension is the answer um, purely because it also, I, I think it opens up a whole can of worms that Formula one doesn't want to enter into when they're trying to make the car far more uh, spec in Spec-y. that sense. Yeah. yeah, that makes so, sense. I've been a race fan for the past uh, since 2010 for the past 12 years. Uh, still don't know what active suspension is. Um, <laughs> so don't really care as long as the racing's me, good. <laughs> you you want a history lesson? Sure. So in the early 90s, Williams unveils a car that was. Oh, I do remember that. that. Active yes. suspension. So I can't remember which one, and I want to say the year is what ninety two, maybe. I, I know. Well, I know, like they invented it and everything. I don't know what yet. It is though. So what is it? The do? history okay. behind it. So it's a suspension that could be set, and nowadays, you know, the, like the level to which, well, the level we could, you know, well, no, it changed. So it, it would go. Say you're going down the straightaway, it would stiffen up to hold the car super, you know, super stiff and not change the aerodynamic profile. And then it would do this. You would be able to change going down the braking zone and then it would be able to soften itself up before it went off into a slow corner, effectively creating a car that you never had to make compromises on because it would be at the perfect suspension setting all the time. Now, some of that technology went into road, excuse me, into road cars in the last two decades where you have the supercars that have the, or even you know, like an Audi RS seven has adjustable suspension. So you can go from sport or comfort to sport to extreme to race. And what that is a lot of times is it's a shock that has a magnet system inside of it with metal shavings 
throughout the that are in the shock fluid and when they you know you change the the magnetic setting it stiffens the suspension up by ha- having the magnetic the uh sh- metal shavings like you know condense yeah so it's a pretty trick wow. stuff um road cars have had it for a while i don't think we need that in racing because at the end of the day if we did a on you know zero rules no holds barred spend as much money as you want race series we know we could design a car that a human couldn't drive right like yeah True. Red Bull did that test what with Adrian Newey a couple years ago that it was in Gran Turismo that car right that that was that car was not breaking any physics that we know like it was within the realm of physics and it was it wouldn't be drivable by a human being because it would yeah, pull so many G's and go so fast so we need to find in motorsports that L, that perfect mix of entertainment development within rules and keeping the human a part of it and I think you know access suspension does not accomplish that it's not in that wheelhouse. So, yeah, that's a hot take. My second thing is I love the Aston Martin nose way better than any of their noses on any of the other <laughs> Formula One cars. After all that, I'm just going to I'm just going <laughs> to say it. I think I think the square nose is way more attractive than the round noses on all the other cars. You cannot convince me otherwise. Carry on. OK, I'm with you. I like I don't think I've I seen all of them. Yeah, I don't think I've looked super closely at all of them yet because I know they were going to change so much. So I was like, eh, I'll wait till they get to Bahrain. And when Aston Martin is the fastest and sexiest looking car on the grid, I think the Ferrari is the best looking. Well, that that's that just Ferrari. Ferrari, Ferrari oh, is cool. looking. That thing looks <laughs> incredible. Oh, at least on the awesome. uh, the hard tires. Guys, speaking of the yellow tires are today. Uh-huh. On Tuesday, mm-hmm. March 8th, it was announced Tarso Marquez is coming to NASCAR. Bum, bum, bum. Former minority driver. <laughs> I just like, I can't believe I just uttered those words. For those who follow from one of the early 2000s, Tarso Marquez was a minority driver at the same time as uh, none other than Fernando Alonso, I believe, in the first year that Fernando was there when it was a Telefonica car, bright yellow. Um, and I, maybe that was year 2000. I can't remember exactly, but he is now making his NASCAR debut for a new team called team Stang or staying or I staying racing, bro. Stang racing. Um, which I didn't check. I assume that's like a Mustang joke, but I didn't really check to see if it was a Ford. No, that's like, that's the owner's last name. I believe Stange, maybe Stange something. Oh, um, okay. I thought they, they uh, like a meme name. yeah. And they're also sponsored by a crypto that's related to gold and precious metal. Somehow that seems like yeah, some sort of gold backed crypto or something. Yeah. it's like a derivative thing that usually that stuff doesn't work. So I don't, I don't understand that, Whoa. but, um, <laughs> hey, well, it's just not, you, why wouldn't you just, but it's your, it's staying in the crypto ecosystem when you could just buy the actual underlying mm-hmm. asset, which doesn't no, make you're sense. No, you're right. You're right. So, um, it's like buying. Parker, a, we don't want. A, we don't want to go to. We ain't going out a crypto NFT path, Parker. Okay. Yeah, we, we don't need, need to go to finance. It's like buying a synthetic ETF versus buying the actual underlying asset, like you can do for Bitcoin these days in the public market. So, they, uh, I'm looking right now on this Wikipedia page for Team Staying Racing. They mm-hmm. have competed. In ARCA in 2014 and 2015 and 2016, mm-hmm. they ran the Indy 500 
in 2019, and now they're doing the Cup Series. Wow. There you go. Interesting. All right. Well, so, best of luck to them. Yeah, good luck to them. Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for and Tarza, sport. Marquez. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool to see that uh, that happen. I don't know what he's lately raced lately, but I just remember he's that been name making so motorcycles. Vividly. I don't oh, make okay. motorcycles, custom motorcycle choppers, as they call them. Bet he's a cool According dude. to his Wikipedia, his Wikipedia they're actually page, really cool. The last time he's raced was 2005 in Wow, uh, Champ Car. Crazy for Dale well, Coin. Well, check racing reference because he's definitely raced after that. There's no way. Uh, this is according to Wikipedia, so yeah, I would go to racing reference. All right, we'll go to racing reference and Wikipedia find out more. Or driver DB database thing. That will tell you more. Um, anywho. Anywho. Guys, the 87 Buick's out for iRacing. Guess what? Firecracker 400's coming back. Buick's going to be a part of it. Got three cars now. Let's go. Yep. Bam. I'm Bam. interested to see Thunderbird kind of pointy nose on it, right? Um, no, a Buick has Buick has a flat. It's like a box. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Thunderbird's kind of pointy, right? Yep, yep. The uh, the Chevy is square. Chevy's pretty flat. Yeah. I'm pretty and sure the, the Buick and the, square. the Chevy are pretty damn close in design. That'd be pretty good for, you know, some bumping. Oh, yeah. Well, those cars are so out of control and they go so fast. I don't know if you'd be bumping that much, but. Well, you know, uh, but as somebody who finished fourth in the uh, Firecracker 400, uh, <laughs> we were bumping. Thank you very much. That's right. Sorry, thank I'm very the much, Mr. I should Thank you very much, Mr. I've never uh, raced in the Firecracker 400. Uh, that's true <laughs> sorry yep i just pay for the opportunity to be, put it on um yeah guys already nascar team vegas last week yeah big deal fast we, we, yeah Derek bordeaux there up front ran in the top three led some laps i couldn't believe it i thought we were gonna have to pay a win bonus i didn't think that was gonna be a possibility this year and no, i'm kidding but the uh that was awesome until he got Ended. Ended. Yeah, he got ended. doored by he got doored by that Phoenix team. Yep. And then, and then David Childhouse, if you I think it was actually Graham Bullen, which is very ironic because David David Childhouse. <laughs> David Childhouse, if if you are listening to this, we are not happy with you. Yeah, we yeah, we know, uh, yeah, we know where to we know where you work. We need so. you to sit down with your drivers and tell them to stop. Reckon our drivers. How yeah, that? yeah. If That'd you could, thank uh, you. Just stop that, please. Uh, or I'll find but, a destiny server. But the Blue Emu, you know, so basically Derek got the Blue Emu award, but the uh, Colin Bowden flew the Blue Emu colors back into the top ten there from way in the back, drove through all the third, I think, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Way back there, got the top ten on the se- first top ten of the year. Pretty good stuff. Cars looked beautiful, um, as always. There'll be a little different sponsor. They'll look a little different at our next race. Um, still cool, but still, still cool. cool, still very cool. And uh, yeah, looking forward to. It. I think this. I like. I was very. That was cool. It's always so much more fun when you uh, when you have drivers that are up front and run well like they were, and obviously Derek fighting for the lead. That was awesome. So we were, we were all watching together. It was a ton of us at Discord having a great time. And if you want to watch those races, that's let us know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, is that it? I think, I think that's, that's it. it. Okay. Um, be sure to like, give us five stars, comment 
Um, do all the things that let us know what you think. Let us know what you think of the format. Do you think we should be more on a structured, time-locked format or free-flowing um, like Colin Bowden's hair? Uh, <laughs> what, tell us what you want, and we will, uh, we will try to make it happen. Um, and be sure to join our Discord, discord.gg forward slash eraser. And you can go to the loudspeaker to join our F1 fantasy and NASCAR fantasy. Um, that's it for me. Peace out. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm going to Vegas this weekend. Darn. Mom, oh, you're, you're a week late. They're to already to leaving party. Vegas. No, I have to go to a bachelor Mom, party. Crazy. It's a good friend of mine. Rude. You have a lot of bachelor parties. Everyone's getting married. Weddings. Everyone's getting yeah, married. Yeah, what's up with that? I know. I, I'm that age. AJ, will you marry me? When you get oh, to your so late we, 20s, early 30s. Another, we can make him go to another wedding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's, oh gosh. Let's you will it. marry me? All right, let's do it. Let's start planning.